Hello, listeners. Today is October 31st, which is Halloween, or Happy Reformation Day, whatever you prefer, whatever you want to celebrate on this awesome day. And I am your host, Tyler Martin, for the Down and Distance Podcast, joined by my co-host, Hunter Wright. Hunter, how are you doing on this spooky Halloween? Doing great. It's, uh, it's rainy, it's cold, very spooky outside. It is spooky season. And the worst thing about the holiday weekend coming up is that half of the top five, or excuse me, half of the top ten in college football are not playing. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about it before we started recording. Seems like there's less than a handful of good games. Uh, college game day is going to SMU Memphis. So that just kind of uh, kind of tells you that there's not a lot of games going on this weekend. Yeah, when, when College Game Day is getting hype about going to Southern Methodist University at Memphis, you, you kind of have to worry about what the weekend slate is. Yeah, but hey, uh, SMU, best team since the death penalty, so good for them. Yeah, SMU is probably very happy now that the NCAA has, has passed. Well, they passed the idea that they're going to look into player likeness and player compensation for that. So SMU fans, I mean, they've got to be happy, you know, because they're – you know, their program a couple a few decades ago was on the verge of death penalty because of it. So they've yeah, got to be happy. Or they now. could just be pissed thinking that their program was ruined by it. Now everybody's doing it. Yeah. Hunter, also, real quick before we get into it, you know, we're recording this before game seven of the World Series. Wanna wanna ask you right now who's winning it. So when people listen to this on Thursday, you know, you can kind of tell into the future, and you'll tell them who won. Well, I have got to go with my current hometown, Houston Astros. I'm not in Houston. They're about an hour away. But everybody here in Bryan College Station are huge Astros fans, and everybody is excited around here. I have seen so many Astros jerseys. Before the World Series started, I didn't think that anybody here had ever heard of the sport of baseball. Uh, it was all Texas A&M football and the Dallas Cowboys. But everybody is pumped for the Astros. The Astros are clearly the best team in this series. Uh, I think that's obvious. But the Nationals, they've been really good. Uh, good on them, though. Good on the Nationals to really fight in this. They've definitely got a chance. Currently, home teams are 0-6 in this series. So if the Nationals do end up winning, that would be pretty historic. Yeah, it would be also historic in the sense that a home team has not won a game in this series, which is very odd. Yes. Very, very <laughs> I thought odd. that's what I said. Oh, is, is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shoot, home home teams are <laughs> – it's okay. Home teams are 0-6 in the series so far. Home teams are 0-6, but tonight – well, excuse me. Whenever this game, game seven happens – Last night, I guess, technically. Technically, but – I have, I have, I'm taking the under seven and a half. I think it's going to be a battle between Scherzer and uh, Scherzer and uh, Greenkey, but we'll see. It's been a lot of fun. I had the, I had the Nationals money line in Game Six, so I was a very happy camper. But and I had Astros uh, run line, so I was not. We don't bet teams; we bet numbers. Exactly. But, uh, but Hunter, let's get into really America's pastime. J.K. That's still baseball, but let's get into America's second favorite pastime: football. First, let's start out with kind of our NCAA big picture. 
And this weekend, like we already mentioned, there, there's not many huge games. And let's start with the college game day game. Let's start with the night game in Memphis. Uh, Drew Blake, one of our friends of the podcast, if, if, you're, if you're listening, I uh, hope you go support your Tigers. Um, I, you know, it's going to be a fun game. should be a fun atmosphere. Big American Athletic Conference. So, Hunter, let me ask you this. Who are you rolling with in this one? I'm liking SMU in this one right now. Memphis, really both of these teams struggled last week. Memphis won off of just a miracle, really. Um, They're playing Tulsa, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there. And uh, they, they got so lucky getting that win last week. SMU... They had a little bit of a close game, but they were able to squeak it out. SMU is undefeated right now, and I see them continuing to roll in this game, especially uh, being that they're kind of a heavy underdog. Uh, not double digits or anything. They're just at six and a half last I saw. But I really like SMU plus six and a half in this game. Hunter, if it doesn't make sense, it makes sense in this industry. But that's all I know. And uh, I've watched one SMU game, which was last week against Houston. Houston, a solid team. You know, they, they've had some up and downs. They've had a couple guys, you know, red shirt and get ready for 2020. And it was a battle. It was a high-scoring battle. I think it was 35 to 31. And then Memphis, you know, they're 7-1. and one. And they, they've beat some quality opponents like Ole Miss. They beat Tulane pretty bad. I know that. Um, Tulane is, a, is a, like I said, a decent squad. And so when Memphis is favored like this, you kind of look at it and you think, the wrong team is favored here, right? I, I don't think so. I'm leaning Memphis minus six because if it doesn't make sense, Hunter, it makes sense. That's uh, that's certainly one way to look at it. <laughs> I, I can see that. For me, it just makes sense, SMU. Uh, however, last week, we thought Texas made sense at minus one. So I, at the moment, I'm staying away from it, but I am leaning SMU in this. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm staying away from this game as well. This game isn't even close to my card. Uh, the only thing that might be close to it is the over at 72. Uh, that's yes. really high. It's really high. Yeah, I was just looking at some stats, and their last 10 games combined, it looks like they're 9-1 and one on the over. So Might be some free money out there on the table for some folks. It's a high line though. It's at seventy-two. So what? Okay. Also, okay. I'm thinking about this, Hunter. If you could, you could. If I could tease the 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 side and then the over, I would do it. I would do Memphis and a pick'em, and then I would take you know tease that down to sixty-six. I would go opposite. I go SMU plus twelve, and then uh, over sixty-six. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but let, let, let's shift it, you know, to one of the big power fives. You know, we, we wanted to give some group of five love in the AAC. Let's shift to Oregon-USC, another uh, big game that has kind of some playoff implications if Oregon can get past the Trojans. Oregon right now is a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite. Hunter, you know, USC, they, they're, they're a way better team than they are at home than on the road. And the Slovis is playing better. You know, they USC, they've had, you know, kind of an up-and-down season. They've had some good wins, and they've had, you know, a couple a couple of head-scratchers um, against BYU and, and some other spots in the season. But I, I, think, I, like, I think I like USC here. I, I really do think I like them in this spot at home. 
Yeah, I so I like Oregon in this. I lean Oregon, but I don't love Oregon because of what you said. USC has been so good at home. But other than Utah, they haven't played a team like Oregon, which they won that Utah game. Uh, they haven't played a team like Oregon since then. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm leaning Oregon, but I could see USC even straight up in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, you're catching above a field goal. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind taking USC at all here. I, you know, both teams are 4-4 four and four against the spread all season, so they're not very good at covering the number. But uh, I, I like USC. I don't think USC is going to pull it off, but I, but I do think it's a close ball game. And I think Herbert on the road is where – I mean, yeah, they had a great outing a couple weeks ago into Washington on the road. And, and that was a big game that, you know, that Oregon had to get up for playing a ranked Huskies team. And I, I just – I think USC has a chance to bite them here. Yeah, they definitely do. That four-and-a-half number is interesting because I think a lot of a lot of Oregon backers really like the number. But I think a lot of USC backers or people that want to back USC are going to be a little bit – they're going to be patient with it. The public seems to really like Oregon this. They're really going to try to hope for some line movement, I think. Maybe see if this goes up to five, five and a half, and then try to take it before the game starts. Another stat, when I said USA plays really good at home, they play really good at home. They're 5-0 at home on the season and 4-1 and against the spread in the Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah, I'm staying away from this one. And, and we'll mention another game real quick. And like I said, it's a sad weekend when I have to mention this matchup for the biggest game, Kansas, Kansas State. Hunter, can, can, the, can, the, can the Wildcats keep it rolling? Yes, they can. I've already got uh, – I'll talk about this in best bets, but I got Kansas State part of a money line parlay. Uh, Kansas State, we talked about it a little bit on the review podcast. This is a team I really liked all season. Uh, they're a good team. Um, a little bit undervalued, I think, throughout the year, especially against Oklahoma. But now it could be a little bit of – some overvalue there. Kansas, though, I think is the team that's overvalued in this. That line, I believe it's at six and a half right now. So, yes, it's at six and a half, and I think this should be closer to 10, honestly. However, this game is in Lawrence, uh, and it is, I guess, technically a rivalry game. So, you never know with rivalry games, but I really like Kansas State in this spot. Kansas State is a six and six and a half point favorite in some shops. Uh, I like Kansas State in this game. Uh, that's that's a, that's a that's a heavy number. That's a that's a big number on the road, especially. But here's one thing we've we've got to remember, Hunter. Les Miles has this Kansas team playing really well. They might be three and five, but they are playing really good football. Yeah, they are. I, I mean, you know, they were they were uh, they were one field goal away from beating Texas. I mean, Texas needed that field goal at the buzzer to beat them. They're coming off a win against uh, Texas Tech. So it's, you know, Les Miles, he's kind of this guy, you don't want to underestimate him. And uh, it, this is this is a kind of an emotional hangover game, too, for Kansas State. I mean, upsetting Oklahoma, a team that, that was expected to roll over you by 24 points. Uh, I, 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 I think Kansas State wins close, but if you're going to play a side, in my opinion, play Kansas plus six and a half. Yeah, like I said, I think I think this line should be higher, closer to ten. But I do think that Kansas covers that six and a half, as they would obviously cover that uh, spread that would be closer to ten, which is why I'm taking Kansas State money line. But Kansas hasn't been able to win a lot of these games. The Texas Tech win was 
one of the flukiest things I've seen since the kick six. I mean, you have uh, the blocked PAT, or I mean, excuse me, the blocked field goal. The guy doesn't get down, tries to return it for some reason, then fumbles, magically just giving Kansas the ball back uh, in just easy field goal range. I mean, they they had no business winning that game like that. Um, and like you said, the week before they played Texas really close, but Texas was able to kind of uh, kind of uh, pull out the win out and. Kind of uh, out of nowhere there, uh, but I really like Kansas State money line in this one. Going to stay away from the spread. Kansas State's defense is going to keep them in this ball game, and they're gonna they're gonna inch out a close one. They're going to inch out a close one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Also, a game we didn't get to uh, Utah and Washington. That's also going to be a good one to keep an eye on. Yeah. The Utes are keeping their Pac-12 title hopes alive uh, against a, a Husky team that, you know, that once again, another team that's kind of an up and down. Had a lot of big expectations with Jacob Eason, and Jacob Eason's played well, but, you know, a loss to Cal. And then the, the Oregon loss really hurt them. I mean, they had a chance to win it late, and uh, they couldn't take advantage of it. But I, I, I like Utah there. I like Utah. Yeah, I really like Utah. I mentioned uh... – how I had Kansas State in, in that parlay. Uh, the other leg of that parlay was Utah Moneyline. So. And now, Hunter, for second down, let's get to the greatest conference in America. The, you know, the, the conference that is better than your conference. The MAC. Yeah, we got a little MAC. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the SEC, baby. I'm talking about the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, there's only three games that stand out, three conference games, and – and it's th- we go go down to Jacksonville. We go down to the world's largest cocktail party. Hunter, I honestly wish I was driving to Jacksonville now just for this because this game is going to be awesome. It's it's got that because here's the thing. I knew how bad the Georgia Florida hate was, but then all season I, I talked to some Georgia fans. I I have a few Florida people that I keep up with that I met on um, at SC Media Days who are in the business end. I follow them on Twitter, and like this hate between these two schools is is so strong. Yeah, especially now that uh, that both teams are relevant and they're right in the middle of a fight for the SEC East. So, hey, this isn't this isn't the world's largest indoor cocktail party. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's going to be a party. I'm excited for this one. I think this is maybe one of the only games worth watching on the college football slate this weekend. Yeah, I, I wish I was going, man. I, I really do. It's, it's going to be a blast. I've got a couple best bets in this game that I'm going to get to later. But, you know, Florida and Georgia, both teams coming off a bye. Florida's getting healthier on the defensive line. They're going to have Jabari Zuniga back. And Georgia, you know, last time we saw them out, it was a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy game against the Kentucky team who's getting better week by week. They shut them out. Georgia's defense, Georgia's going to rely on their defense a lot in this game to stop Kyle Trask, stop Michael P. Ryan. But, man, that, that Florida defense is is great. And and they're able to rush the quarterback really well. I mean, in the South Carolina game, they gave up a lot of, they gave up a lot of yards. But Florida was in a spot where they were coming off a game against LSU, a close and emotional ball game. And it kind of got them by surprise a little bit because South Carolina's getting better, and now we see South Carolina's digressed. But Georgia on offense, I mean, Georgia's receivers are terrible. 
I like George Pickens. Uh, I mean, I, he, I wish he was more of a vertical threat for them, but he's just not. Their guys can't get separation. Their offensive line, is, I would say, is, was probably the best in the SEC. But, you know, DeAndre Swift is great. But, like, when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you limit yourself in the play calling, Kirby, and you become archaic in the way you run your offense and you don't adapt with the times, they're going to get up to bite you. And that's what happened in the South Carolina game. It, it, it was 0-0 at halftime in the Kentucky game. I mean, this Georgia offense stinks, Hunter. Yeah, it's pretty bad, uh, which is why I like Florida in this game. Uh, I like that. Uh, right now, I'm seeing the number at plus six and a half. Earlier, I saw it at six. But I really like Florida in this one because of what you pointed out. Georgia's offense just is playing horrible. And Florida's defense has really stepped up for this team when they've needed it the most. Uh, Kyle Trask is going to have to have a good game because they're going to be playing a solid Georgia defense, but I think they can do it in Jacksonville. I like Florida actually straight up in this one. And actually Jonathan Greenard too on that defensive line for the Gators is progressing nicely as well. And he's still expected to play in this game. So if once again, Florida getting another defender back for this game, I, I, this is just not a good situation for the Bulldogs right here. And the reason why I'm backing Florida is because you guys can go look at my tweets from SC Media Days. When I when I voted in the poll and I voted and I sent out my projections and what what I predicted to happen, guess who I had winning the East? I had Florida winning the East. And Florida's got to win this game to do that. And I uh I, I'm back in the Gators. I, I like I said, I've got I, I'll get it into my best bets. I'll tell you what number I have and what number I think you guys should jump on. But the Gators here are in a real nice spot. Kyle Trask, I mean he is playing I – mean, that second half of that South Carolina game, Hunter, really stands out to me because just as, as rainy and sloppy as it was in, in Athens against Kentucky, that same day, that same exact day, it was just as muddy and sloppy as it was in Columbia. But Kyle Trask played through those conditions, made a lot of great throws, made a lot of good reads, and I, I think Kyle Trask is playing just as good as Jake Fromm right now. Yeah, I think he's playing better than Jake Fromm, really, because mainly because Jake Fromm is just playing so poorly. Uh, but in that game, Kyle Trask kind of got off to a slow start and after halftime was able to kind of uh, get more comfortable out there and was able to make his throws. Like you said, he really he played well and really led Florida the rest of the way. This is also a game where you can maybe look at the first half under. Uh, it's going to be a sloppy game. And uh, both of these teams seem to have not been able to get out of the starting gate super quickly all year. So maybe keep a, uh, keep an eye on the first half under. So Kyle Trask, we all know in week, I believe it was week three or week four when Kentucky played Florida and, and Felipe Franks got hurt and Kyle Trask got put in put in under the fire. Guess what? Kyle Trask, fourteen hundred yards. He had okay, he has thirteen thir, he has one thousand three hundred and ninety one yards, so basically fourteen hundred. Fourteen touchdowns, only four interceptions. Jake Fromm, only one thousand four hundred and six. So he only has fifteen more yards than Kyle Trask. He's thrown five less touchdowns and then one less interception. And Jake Fromm, it's funny, he threw all three interceptions in the game against South Carolina. Yeah, and if you're a Georgia fan, you got to be pissed seeing the way Jake Fromm is playing right now and then seeing Justin Fields up in Columbus and then going all the way out west and seeing Jacob Eason at Washington, who they're not having the best year, but he's having a pretty decent year himself. Uh, Jake uh, Jake Fromm definitely seems to be the worst of those three right now. I'm going to be honest with you, Hunter. I, I don't think it's on Jake Fromm. I think, I think, yeah, he made some bad decisions in that South Carolina game. 
I think it's on Kirby Smart. I said it all offseason. I've said it all season. I especially said it after they lost Alabama the second time to their second backup quarterback in a row. But Kirby Smart has reached his ceiling as a coach in the SEC. He has. As a head coach, he's reached his ceiling. Well, what he really – I mean, he's a great defensive coach. What he really needs is an offensive mind to come in and help him out. He needs a good OC. Uh, Kirby. First off, you need, to, you need to fix the haircut. That's one thing. You, were, you came out earlier this week and said you're not getting one anytime soon and that you want to keep the same haircut. I don't know why. All right, listeners, sorry for that little bit of delay, but we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. We're back on track right now. And we were first, we were, we were, we were, let's pick up on a real quick, sum this up. Bad haircut for Kirby Smart. It's going to be a bad Saturday for the Georgia Bulldogs. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed and agreed. Um, moving on in the SEC, real, real quickly, Auburn will miss. Auburn has bumped up to a 20 point favorite. Yeah, I like Auburn in this one. Uh, Ole Miss hasn't really done much to warrant me backing them at all. Um, it's really just going to be on how many points Auburn can score, <laughs> to be honest, because uh, I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to score on that defense. So really your spread hopes are going to be in the hands of Bo Nix, really on the arm of Bo Nix, and I don't know if you want to bet on that. So I'm definitely staying away from this one, but at the moment I am leaning Auburn. Yeah, I would lean Auburn too, but I, I but Ole Miss is getting John Reese Plumley back, um, the guy who had a lot of success against Alabama running the football, and uh, he he had some. He, I mean, they didn't let him throw much, but he took advantage of some of the opportunities that he did. So I'm uh, uh I'm hesitant to take Auburn minus twenty, but I, Auburn obviously wins. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Oh yeah, and then also want to mention this game: Mississippi State travels to Fayetteville. Hunter, I'm taking the points in the Razorbacks. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning that way, but I just I just can't make myself bet on Arkansas. They've been so bad. But Mississippi State has also been pretty bad. I could potentially see Arkansas winning this game outright, which is crazy. But you never know. It's it's in Arkansas. So Arkansas plus seven and a half. And and why? Because Mississippi State is a train wreck right now. Joe, Joe Moorhead, if he loses this game, he is definitely taking the Rutgers job. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know if he's taking the Rutgers job, but he uh, is definitely not going to be at Mississippi State if they lose this game. I don't even think you let him on the bus back to Starkville if and, they lose this Vandy, game. Uh, Vandy travels to South Carolina. South Carolina is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. I—, I I think South Carolina wins, but uh, I'll take Vandy and the points in that one, too. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, I think. Uh, but this could potentially be a trap game for South Carolina, I think. All right, Hunter. Let's move on to third down. Let's move to NFL preview. Let's talk about the game Thursday night. Niners in the desert against the Cardinals. Yeah, right now I'm loving San Francisco in this game, especially after last week. Maybe a little bit of recency bias. Oh, well, I mean, San Francisco deserves it. They have looked so good. We sat on the podcast uh, on Tuesday that they seemed, or on Wednesday, I believe, whenever it came out, uh, they seem to be one of the best teams in the NFL, probably the best team in the NFC. So I like them going up against a young quarterback in Kyler Murray. That defense has been stout. Uh, I've actually got 
some action on this. It'll be in my best bets later, but I love San Francisco in this game. Yeah, I'm interested to see how these teams perform on a short week. I mean, you have San Fran coming off of a big blow winning against the Panthers, a good a good team, and then you have Arizona getting blown out in the Dome against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I, all I can see right now in picturing this game going is, is Nick Bosa just absolutely destroying that Cardinals offensive line. The Cardinals running back situation is awful. I mean, they, Chase Edmonds is hurt. David Johnson's will be out. So I guess they're, I mean, that's why they traded for uh, Kenyon Drake, and he'll probably be making his debut. So um, I don't trust the Cardinals offense in this game a whole lot at all. But uh, I do like the Niners. I don't know if I like them at 10.5, but I do like the Niners in this game. I, I think I think, I think Kyler Murray will have some throws that will kind of impress some people, kind of shock some folks, keep Arizona in it early. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure about that line. It's a pretty high line, and it's tough to blow teams out back-to-back, week, uh, back-to-back weeks unless your name is the New England Patriots. But uh, I do expect the Niners' defense to hold the Cardinals to – I don't even know if they'll get to double digits, honestly. Bears, Eagles. Bears are coming off another heartbreaking loss to the Chargers off of a missed field goal. Eagles are really, I believe, starting to figure out who they are. Um, they blew out the Bills. They found some success running the football and with Carson Wentz through the air against a really hard-nosed Bills defense. And now they're playing a Bears team who has a better defense. I mean, the, the Bears defense is, is a Super Bowl-capable winning defense. And they just they just don't have the offense to kind of match that. Obviously, Mr. Trubisky, we know his struggles. We know people are proclaiming him to be a bust. And the Bears, are they didn't make any trades at the deadline for, you know, because I, I mean – I had heard this on on the herd. Colin Coward talked about it a lot, and it made sense to me. Why not trade for a back? Why not trade for a QB who's Teddy Bridgewater, you know, or um, or another back quarterback, you know, to try to replace Mitch Trubisky, try to make a move. But um, Bears are full in on Mitch Trubisky. Um, Eagles are only a four and a half point favorite against this Bears team. This Bears offense is really bad. The Eagles are improving. I think the Eagles are going to have their back-to-back week where they just roll. Yeah, I'm actually thinking the same thing. Uh, Eagles were impressive last week. I like them. I think the bookmakers did a pretty good job with this line, too, because it could have been uh, it could have been easy to go with Chicago but as the favorite in this game, but they got Philly as the favorite, and I like Philly as the favorite, especially because Chicago just does not have a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has been just awful. Colt Steelers. Steelers looked pretty abysmal for one half of football against the Dolphins on Monday night. The Colts, they just continue to win with Jacoby Brissett. They they figure out ways with that great offensive line. They have really young offensive line led by Quentin Nelson. Uh, I like their running game with Mack. I, I, I like I like T.Y. Hilton and the, and the vertical threat. Um, it's you know this this game it's it's in Pittsburgh, so. That, that you know, it makes me lean, you know, Steelers in the points, but um, just because sometimes Pittsburgh is different, you know, there's there's a lot of teams who come in there and they just struggle. But this Colts team, you know, it, it doesn't really seem like there's been much of a drop off since Andrew Luck retired, and uh, and I like I said, I, I think the Colts come in there and and they start to position themselves for for you know for really good playoff seating. Yeah, the Colts are a resilient team. I said coming into the year after uh, the Andrew Luck announcement that they'll be fine with Jacoby Brissett because they've really improved on the offensive line. 
really just all around. They improved coming to this year. They did a good job getting ready for the season. Uh, now they're kind of leaning on Marlon Mack a little bit. However, they were shaky last week against the Broncos. Uh, I had them minus six, and they obviously ended up not covering that. So that's why I'm going to stay away this week. But I do like them at minus one. Yeah, I mean, the, Vegas is telling you this line, this game is going to be very, very close. I just, I think the Steelers' defense is really good. Their front, obviously, T.J. Watt, you know, is showing that if he can stay on the field and be healthy, he has a chance to be better than his brother J.J. But I, 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 that's a matchup I can't wait for. I can't wait to see the Colts' offensive line versus the Steelers' defensive line. It's going to be, you know, a fantastic. But also Monday night when I'm watching the Steelers and I'm watching Mason Rudolph just make some abysmal throws, I'm thinking, why not get Duck back out there? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Why not see Hodges, who played a good game uh, against the Chargers a week before? Uh, why not get him back out there? And then we have, which is easily the game of the week in the NFL, the Patriots at the Ravens. The line has officially moved to Patriots minus three. It opened at... Patriots, I believe, minus six, and people have been betting on the Ravens and, and you know getting that line to come down. It finally moved down to a field goal. Hunter, uh, the Ravens, they provide a really good threat to this Patriots defense. They can run the football effectively. They can you know get the get, they can get first downs on third down, the key down. And uh, people keep telling me, Tyler, believe in Lamar, believe in the Ravens, and they keep saying this: the Patriots are going to stumble, but. There's one thing I do know. You don't get rich betting against the Patriots. And once again, it's Bill Belichick versus a second-year quarterback, and I don't like the Ravens' chances in this game at all. I don't either, and I think Bill Belichick is going to make Lamar Jackson beat them with his arm. And I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I said coming into the season he was going to have a good year, and so far he's been pretty good. But I just don't know if he can beat – uh, that Patriots secondary with his arm, so I uh, I like I like the Pats in this one, and also you you just don't bet against Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. I hope people realize that a couple Monday nights ago against the Jets, you just don't do it. Right. Um, and then, then let's move into fourth down, Hunter. Fourth down, you, you've already mentioned it a little bit. Well, we have some trap games for a few opponents, right? Um, and we start off with the Bills and the Redskins. We think this is a trap game. You, I mean, let me ask you this. You think this is a trap game for the Bills? I do. Yeah, the Redskins, I mean, I mean, look, they've been bad, but the Bills have really regressed. Uh, they've been exposed, I think. We really saw them exposed this, this weekend uh, against the Eagles. And they've been great against bad teams, but I think the Redskins, now that they have maybe some tape about what works against the Bills, maybe they could rely on that. And who knows, maybe they could pull one out. I still think the Bills win this game, but this could be a potential trap game uh, for the Bills. So outside of that, Hunter, give me what team should be scared of their opponent this week and who faces the spookiest threat since we're in the Halloween theme, the spookiest threat of losing and dropping a game? Uh, In the NFL or just all around? Either way. Either way, I think it is Oregon. we talked about it earlier. USC, they are very good on the Coliseum. Oregon, they're a really – I mean, I think Oregon is a much better team than USC, but USC has been great. Utah, I think, is the best team in the Pac-12, and they handled them at home. So I think Oregon has got to be kind of worried about their playoff chances. They're really going to have to show up to play this weekend in L.A. 
For me, for me, the Raiders are a two-point favorite over the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions are winning outright. I think that I think the wrong team is completely favored there. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, I like I like the Lions in that game as well. Really, that that could be about a pick'em. I think. And we already talked about Vandy, South Carolina. We talked about Vandy. You know, they they've shown some good signs. You know, beating Missouri, South Carolina is seems to be digressing uh, or regressing. Excuse me. Um, and they, you know, they had they had so much promise beating Georgia, beat, playing a really close game. They kind of got jipped by the officials, and then to get absolutely blown out against Tennessee. Um, I, I I like South Carolina there again, like I said earlier. But um, but Hunter, you think Vandy keeps it close? Yeah, I think they do. However, there's still the possibility that South Carolina just waxes them because Vandy has been really bad this year. Uh, however, South Carolina they've really regressed in recent weeks. Like you said. That blowout loss last week, Tennessee. Um, so this could be a potential trap game for South Carolina, I believe. And then, Hunter, this is one of my favorite segments of the show. The price is right. Give us your best value money line pick of the week. The price is right. Right now, and I've already taken this, I took it Florida plus 205. Uh, I think that is a great pick. I think Florida, I don't think they should be the favorite, but the line should not be what it is right now at six points. I think Florida wins this game straight up and I love it at two Oh five. I think right now it's at one ninety, but I would, I would still take it at one ninety. There's still some value there. That was the price is right. And, you know, kind of moving into our best bet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Hunter. I skipped, I skipped my lock of the week, man. How could I? Yeah, we need, we need the lock of the week. So, to give you guys an update on the lock of the week, last week we lost our first loser of the season. Um, Texas decided just did not show up. They they got the abused. First by week, I tell it's a loss. Um, but it's okay, guys. We're seven one and one, seven wins, one loss, and one push. But are you guys ready for this week's lock of the week, Hunter? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let me ask you this, Hunter. Did you did you see Baker Mayfield earlier today storming out of his media availability? I did. He was not very happy. Wasn't very happy. He was mad at Tony Grossi, one of the Cleveland writers, Cleveland radio host there and personalities. And, and, and his whole thing was talking about the drive. And again, one of the drives against the Patriots where they didn't get points, they got stuck in the red zone. And, you know, he, he was pretty pissed off. And then he, and he went on Twitter to say, you know, hey guys, if I wasn't angry, you know, if I if I was being complacent, then y'all would y'all would be on my back saying, "Why aren't you mad?" So he's showing his emotion. That's why Cleveland minus three against the Broncos is this week's lock of the week. Hmm. Cleveland minus three in Mile High. So Baker's feeling dangerous. That's what you're saying. He's he's feeling dangerous because we talked about this in the reaction show. The Brown schedule lightens up a whole heck of a lot over the second half of the season. Um. I mean, they, they play, let's see, they play the Bengals. Um, they play the Ravens again. They play the, uh, they, yeah, they play the Broncos. Let me let me just, I mean, I, I read it out last show. Let me just refresh your memory, Hunter. Let me refresh your memory. Because I think the Ravens actually might be the toughest opponent in this stretch right here. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Broncos, Bills, Dolphins. I knew the Dolphins in there somewhere. Steelers, Steelers, and Bengals. And then the Cardinals. And the Bengals again. Yeah, they have to play the Bengals twice in this stretch. That I mean, that's really good for them. And the the Ravens schedule gets substantially harder. And I think the Browns can shock some folks. 
and make a push to win the North. But this week, Browns minus three over the Broncos. Also, the Broncos are going to be down Joe Flacco for a couple weeks. He is hurt. Um, I know they're trying to get Drew Locke ready to go. Um, and if Drew Locke doesn't play, I don't even know who, who the Broncos are going to start. So Flacco is out this week? Yeah, he's, he's not playing this week. I did not know that. May have to keep an eye on that then. Yeah, because originally it opened with Flacco. Broncos were a two-point favorite. Um, but then, oh, Brandon Allen. I'm sorry, Brandon Allen. Yeah. Um, Brandon Allen will be starting if Drew Locke doesn't start. So um, I'll take I'll take Miles Garrett in that defensive line over Brandon Allen. Come on. Um, Bron- uh, Browns minus three over the Broncos. And let's get back on the winning track, people. You can follow my locks of the week at at, at Stephen Tyler Martin. I'm sorry, at Stephen underscore 15 on Twitter. At Stephen Tyler Martin is my uh, Instagram. So follow me in all these kind of different places. But let's get into the best bets. Let's get into what you – it's going to make you guys money. You're going to be profitable this week. We're speaking it into existence. Hunter, we're starting with you. Yeah, so my bet – I talked about it earlier, my best bet – is uh, Cardinals team total under 17 points. I think this number is way too high. I actually got this at minus uh, 140, I believe. Um, no, actually, no, sorry. That was, uh, that was another bet I have for tonight. But, no, yeah, Cardinals under 17, team total. I don't think they get to double digits. I think that 49ers defense continue to roll. They're going up against a young quarterback in Kyler Murray who can barely see over his O-line. So, love this one. I'm, I'm some, you said it's at 17? Yeah, 17. 17 and a half. No, just 17. Oh, that, that's that's incredibly high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my I mean, goodness. My goodness. Now maybe maybe they're trying to trap us like the Texas pick last week. I can uh I can check now though. Let's see. Yeah, so I took it at 17. I believe I took it at minus 110, but I took it early. Uh, okay, it has now gone down to 15 and a half, which Man, is still people jumping all over that. People that's jumping still all over a head scratcher. So, so for one of my picks, I'm gonna go and give it out to you guys. I absolutely love the over in Baylor, West Virginia on Halloween night. Baylor, surprisingly, one of the better teams in the country, number 12. They're undefeated. Playing West Virginia team, that's stumbling. Baylor is a 17.5-point favorite. I like the over, 55-and-a-half. Yeah, I like this. Baylor's uh, One of Baylor's leading tacklers is out. I think he's out for the rest of the season. So this one could be a shootout. Um, sec- secondly, we, we talked about this game earlier, and I think this is, a, this is obviously another one me and Hunter agree on. And I, this this isn't this isn't going to include in my five. I'm just going to hand it out to you right here. I love Florida plus four and a half, and the line has already shot up to six and a half. So, um, I I got it at six. I got it at four and a half and six. Yeah, and I also I thought I also a lot too. That that's one of my best bets, but I'm not going to include that in five because Hunter's already got Florida plus six on there too. For my second one. <clears throat> I'm actually going to give you another over, under. Over 53, Auburn Ole Miss. Yeah, I think this is one that... I don't know if Auburn can get it themselves. They've been good at home against inferior SEC opponents so far. 
So I think they could get up into the 40s. And like you said, John Reese Plumley is back. So, uh, I mean, I, I, th- I could see Ole Miss maybe getting to 17, 20 points there. So. I like the over there. Your turn, Hunter. All right. So uh, for my second and third best bets, I've got Florida plus six, as you mentioned. I've also got Florida on the money line. Uh, my price is right pick at plus 205. Uh, my third pick uh, going way out west, Hawaii. I've got Hawaii minus two and a half. I had them last week minus 10, and it hit. So I'm going with them again this week. Yeah, Hawaii. Um, yeah, are they are they on the island this week? They are on the island. I believe this game. Let me check. Yes, this game. Hang on. It it starts very late. Yeah, it starts at eleven p.m. Uh, they're playing Fresno State. Okay. So the it's gone down to minus two. Fresno State. They're they're not bad. But they're not very good. Uh, so I, I thought this line was kind of puzzling uh, how low it is. So, yeah, I really like Hawaii minus two and a half. Really like the number there. Yeah, for my third best bet, I love Houston minus a point and a half against Jacksonville and London. Um, I, I, Texan, the Texans have already beat this Jaguars team once. They're starting to get it rolling. Deshaun Watson's a beast. Hopefully his eyesight will be good enough. If not, I mean, we saw the touchdown pass he made to Fells with only one eye, and uh, and it, 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 the Texans, man, even though they lost J.J. Watt, I, I still like their pieces on offense, and I like their pieces on defense just enough to, to beat the Jaguars in London, which is an early start at 8.30. For my fourth pick, staying in the National Football League, I am a big fan of Cowboys minus seven. Um, this, this Giants team, you know, they had a good showing against Detroit last week. They, you know, almost pulled off the upset there. Daniel Jones, he played a little bit better. He's been struggling ever since that game against Tampa. We mentioned that a couple episodes ago. But the Cowboys are coming off of a bye. Um, they, they're well-rested. They just traded for Michael Bennett on the defensive side of things. Their offense is starting to get it rolling uh, again after the, you know, they lost three in a row. They destroyed the Eagles last time we saw them out. I like the Cowboys minus seven. So uh, my fourth pick actually had Texans minus one and a half. So I'll go ahead and get, give you another one. Uh, I've got Army Air Force over 45 and a half points. Conventional wisdom says take the under on Academy games. However, Air Force is a high scoring team. And uh, I think Army is going to have to score a lot if they want to stay in this game. So I like over 45 and a half. And for my last pick, I have, I mentioned earlier, Utah, K-State, Moneyline Parlay, plus 126. Love the odds there. I think both of these are a lock to win. Uh, my apologies, Hunter. I didn't even realize you had that on there. Oh, uh, no, it's fine. I, I didn't even see that. Um, but yeah, Cowboys minus seven. And then for my final pick, my final pick, this is a retirement bet, Patriots minus three. That's all yeah. he said. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Patriots minus three. Book it. Yeah, and do you want to mention the the big parlays we have as well? Yeah, I've actually got a um, I've got a pretty big par- uh, parlay on a seven game on a seven gamer. Um, you know this this is somewhere you just you know you want to turn a couple of dollars into a bunch. Houston minus one and a half. Panthers money line. Eagles money line. Lions money line. Packers money line. Patriots money line. And Cowboys money line. 15 wins you 295. Yeah, and uh, I have got also a 17 parlay that I am naming the Magnificent Seven. Uh, all money line, all NFL. I've got Niners, Texans, Eagles, Seahawks, Packers, Patriots, Cowboys. 
And uh, it is, I believe, at, yes, plus 11.69. Nice. Well, guys, that has been our best bets. We'll tweet these out so you guys can get on them. But thank you for listening, and we look forward to an awesome week of football. Roll Tide, and go Cowboys. We'll see you later.